Here is your Radio Theater Channel weekly podcast for download. The RTC still has the very best old-time radio on the live streaming. And if it's music you love, tune in to the RTC Music Channel, where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradiolisten.com. Now, here's Jim. Hello and welcome to the RTC Weekly Download for New Year's. I'm your host, Jim Dolan, and as I said, it's New Year's. New Year's is usually a celebration. Well, it's always a celebration, right? Hoping for the best things coming up in the year and hoping not to repeat some of the things we did that weren't so best. But this is an old-time radio show podcast, and that's exactly what we're going to do right now. We'll start off with not the celebration part, but the mysterious traveler part. Yes, the mysterious traveler is going on that train to perdition, and he's taking us with him for a stop or two. We'll listen to the New Year's Nightmare, and following that, we'll have the celebration part with the Great Gildersleeve. And now it's time to turn it over to the mysterious traveler. Mutual presents the mysterious traveler. This is the mysterious traveler, inviting you to join me on another journey into the realm of the strange and the terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and uh, chill you a little. So settle back and get a good grip on your nerves, if you can. Where are we going? Well, let us say for the moment, we're taking a little trip into time. In a story I call... New Year's Nightmare. As the old year entered its last minute, the crowds at the Club Tropicana were waiting expectantly for the clock to strike midnight. At a ringside table, a lovely young woman angrily whispers to the man with her. Chris, if you take another drink, I'll leave. Oh, Judy, this is New Year's Eve. It'll be 1947 in another minute. Gotta celebrate, don't I? Just one more. Just one more, just one more. That's what you always say. I wouldn't mind if it were just tonight, but you're always getting drunk. Waiter, another bottle of champagne. Nothing I say means anything to you, does it? Do you think because I've forgiven you a dozen times in the past, I'll do it again? But you're wrong, Chris. Happy New Year, darling. 1947 is going to be our year. No, Chris, it isn't. I won't marry a man who gets drunk in New York and wakes up the next day in another city. Oh, Judy, what are you saying? You don't mean that. You know I love you. Yes, Chris, you love me. But not enough to give up drinking. I'll miss you, Chris. miss you terribly. But I know I'm doing the right thing. Judy, don't talk like that. I couldn't live without you. You know that. Won't you? I'm sorry, Chris. Here's your ring. Will you please take me home? You don't have to leave. If the sight of my drinking is too much for you, I'll go someplace else and do it. Martin will take you home. Happy New Year and goodbye.
mind finishing that drink, mister? It's five o'clock in the morning and I'm dead on my feet. Sure. Sure, I'll drink up. No matter what she says. That's right. Now, you better go home and sleep it off. Good night and a happy 1947 to you. Thanks. And the same to you. Another bar. New Year's. Gotta celebrate. Hmm. Another bar across the street. Oh, gotta celebrate. Hey, mister! Look out for that car! You gonna get run down if you don't? Look out! that noise? Those horns? My darling, it's midnight. New Year's. Oh, my head is throbbing so. Where am I? How did I get here? Why, darling, you live here. Live here? What are you talking about? Charles, I'd better call Dr. Smith. You look so strange. Hello? Connect me with Dr. Smith's apartment, please never seen this place before. Hello, Doctor. This is Blanche Arnold. Yes, it's Charles. He isn't well. Could you come to our apartment at once? Oh, thank you. Goodbye. What do you mean, I live here? Who are you? Where am I? I'm your wife, Charles. This is our home, don't you remember? You're my wife. You can't be. I'm not married. What am I doing here? What's your game? Charles, can't you remember anything about us? What are you talking about? I never saw you before. And why do you keep calling me Charles? My name is Chris. Chris Andrews. Chris Andrews. So that's what the initial C.A. stood for. Oh, that noise out there. What are they making such a racket for? Because it's midnight, New Year's Eve. Midnight? New Year's Eve? But it was midnight hours ago, when I left the Club Tropicana. What are you talking about? Oh, that must be Dr. Smith. I'll answer it. Dr. Smith? I don't know any Dr. Smith. Oh, come in, Doctor. I'm so glad you're here. I think it's the amnesia. It seems to have left him all of a sudden. Charles? It's Dr. Smith. I don't know him, and I don't know you. And please stop calling me Charles. I told you my name is Chris Andrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't you sit down, Mr. Andrews? I'd like to talk with you for a few minutes. What about? Uh, tell me, Mr. Andrews. What's the last thing you remember before finding yourself in this apartment? Why, Judy. She and I were at the Club Tropicana, celebrating New Year's Eve. I see. I remember we quarreled about my drinking. I walked out on her and... Had a few drinks someplace else. Mm-hmm. That's all I can recall. Oh, my head. I've had hangovers, but I've never thought like this before. What time is it? Uh, it's just four minutes after 12. But it can't be four minutes after 12 New Year's Eve. That was hours ago when I left the Tropicana. Mr. Andrews, that was New Year's Eve, 1947. 
What do you mean, that was New Year's Eve, 1947? Uh, this is New Year's Eve, 1948. 1948? What are you talking about? It's 1947. Well, here's the morning paper. You can see the date for yourself. Thursday, January 1st, 1948. No, it can't be. It can't be. A year gone? Just like that? But where did it go? I haven't lived it yet. Perhaps you'd better let me clear up a few things for you. 1948. Uh, my name is Smith. I was a resident physician until recently at the Park Hospital. Uh, while I was on duty uh, last New Year's Day, 1947, you were brought into the hospital seriously injured, having been run over by a car. When you recovered consciousness five days later, you didn't know who you were. You were a victim of amnesia. Amnesia? Yes, and we didn't know who you were as you had no identification papers. But my wallet, uh, letters... They were gone. The only clue to your identity was a belt buckle with the initials uh, C.A. on it. We didn't know your real name, so I called you Charles for the C. Uh, Blanche was your nurse. I've always liked the name Charles. And as for your last name, we thought Arnold was as good as any. So you became Charles Arnold. But what have I been doing since the day I recovered consciousness? Well, you weren't discharged from the hospital until May. Uh, then you went to work as an insurance clerk. As an insurance clerk? But I don't know anything about being a clerk. I'm a reporter. Well, there was no way of learning what your occupation had been. Uh, so when Blanche learned of this opening in an insurance office, you applied for the position. And that's where I've been working? Up to now? Yes. And then after you got your job, we were married. Married? Charles. I mean, Chris. Don't you remember? I'm afraid, Blanche, you really can't. Married. But Judy. Oh, it's like a dream. My head keeps throbbing. I keep expecting to wake up. There's a date in the paper. January 1st, 1948. Doctor, you said he might never get over his amnesia. Well, that was a strong possibility, but apparently the sounds of New Year's brought back his memory. You're going just like that. Judy. My friends. Job. All gone. Doctor, where am I? I mean, what's the address of this apartment house? You're at 5718 North 13th Street. Philadelphia. Philadelphia? But how did I get to Philadelphia? Uh, that we don't know. All that I can tell you is that your accident occurred just a few blocks from here. Darling, I know what a shock it must Strange. be. Strange. You must have called me darling many times in the past. And yet this is the first time I've, I've ever heard you call me that. Yes. I know. What did you say your name was? <laughs> Hello, Doctor. Come in, won't you? Thank you. How are you, Blanche? Mm, all right, I suppose. How's Chris getting along? He's fine. It's just... Why, Blanche, what's this? I've never seen you cry. Here, here. No, it's just that everything's so changed. Those six months Chris and I were married before he regained his memory were the happiest of my life. 
And now? This past month since he got his memory back, it's been as though I were married to a stranger. It isn't as though he doesn't try to be nice to me. But it's all so obvious. He doesn't love me. Now, Blanche, you mustn't say that. It's true, I tell you. How can a man love a woman those first six months as he loved me and then fall out of love with her when he's regained his memory? Well, you must have patience, Blanche. It will take time for Chris to adjust himself to what's happened. He fell in love with you as Charles Arnold, and I'm sure he will as Chris Andrews. You just must give him time. Chris! Chris Andrews! Chris, it is you! Judy! Oh, Judy! Oh, just let me look at you. This can't be true. You're being here. Oh, it is. Ah, it's been a long time. Yes. A year and a month since New Year's Eve, 1947. Chris, what are you doing here in Philadelphia? I live here. Well, so do I. I got a job with Ryan and Company as a copywriter here a few months ago. Look, Judy, we can't talk here on the sidewalk. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, look, I, I live only a few blocks from here. We can go to my apartment. Oh, that's fine. There's so much I want to ask, and there's so much to tell. <laughs> Let me have your hat and coat. Thank you. Would you like something to drink? No, I uh, don't drink anymore. Oh? Chris, you have changed. You look so much older. Well, you don't. You're as lovely as that night I saw you last. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Judy, you'll have to let me explain what happened after I left you that night at the Tropicana. If you find it difficult to believe, I won't blame you. It still seems like a nightmare to me. That night, after I left you... And so now you know everything. From the moment I last saw you to this one. No wonder you look different after having gone through an experience like that. Well, you're all right now. You... You know who you are, you're happily married, you have a job. I'm not happily married, Judy. Chris, you mustn't talk like that. Surely you must have loved your wife if you married her, and she hasn't changed. Judy, there's never been anyone for me but you. You know that. And you still feel that way about me. No, I don't. When we met tonight, that old look was still in your eyes. You do care, you know you do. Please, Chris, no matter how I feel about you, it's over now. You're married, and that's all there is to it. I, I, I wish you'd go, and I don't want to see you again. Chris? Where have you been? I expected you home from work hours ago. I met a friend. Oh. Oh, you look so tired. Do you feel well? Blanche, this past month I tried my best to be a good husband, haven't I? You have been, darling. No, there's something missing, and you know it. Oh, it isn't your fault. It's mine. And as a result, we're both unhappy. You mustn't say that, Chris. I feel that in time, things will be as they were when we were first married. When you were Charles Arnold. Oh, but they won't be, Blanche. It's no use, I tell you. 
Chris? Who is the friend you met tonight? The girl I was once engaged to. I see. Blanche, you've got to give me a divorce. No, Chris. I'll never do that. But why? You know I don't love you. What's the sense in going on like this? Chris, when you were Charles Arnold, you did love me and we were happy together. I had your love once and I mean to win it back. I won't give you a divorce. Hello, Judy. Chris. Chris, I, I asked you not to call on me again. Judy, I've got to talk to you. May I come in? Well, all right. But just for a few minutes. Thank you. Judy, even if we hadn't met again a week ago, things wouldn't have been any different between my wife and myself. I'll never love her. And I'm not going on with her. What do you mean, Chris? I'm going to leave her, Judy, and start all over someplace far away. I just came around to say goodbye. Are you set on leaving her? Yes. Nothing can change my mind about that. Now, you, you've got to understand my position, Chris. I could never be happy with you if I thought I'd been the one who came between you and your wife. But if you are going to leave her, I would like to see you again when you're free. Would you, Judy? Yes. But I don't want to see you until she's given you a divorce. A divorce? Julie, I am going to be free. Nothing's going to prevent it. Nothing. Blanche, uh, how would you like to go out tonight? Go out? Yeah, we might take in a show or go dancing. <laughs> Didn't I ever take you out when I was Charles Arnold? <laughs> why, yes. We used to have wonderful evenings together then. Well, why not now? Unless you don't want to. Oh, Chris, there's nothing in the world I'd rather do. Hey, why the tears? Oh, it's just that I'm so happy. Oh, come here. <laughs> Oh, uh, did this Mr. Arnold ever put his <laughs> arms around you like this? Oh, yes, often. <laughs> oh, Chris, stop squeezing me so tight. Chris! Sorry, darling. Oh. Oh. You almost, you almost squeezed me to death. That's so you remember that I'm your husband and uh, not Mr. Arnold. And uh, Blanche. Oh, yes, Chris. I'm taking a week's vacation soon. Um... Uh, what do you say if we go up to the Adirondack Mountains for a week of winter sports? Oh, Chris, I'd love to. Well, it'll be like a second honeymoon. Blanche, you all right? There's only a few more feet to the top. I'm coming, darling. from here, isn't it? You're right. Being up here is like being alone in the world. Yes, just the two of us. 
Oh, this past week's been a wonderful one, Chris. I've never been so happy. Nor have I. Oh, be careful, Chris. Don't go so near the edge. That canyon's 4,000 feet deep. Oh, this ledge is perfectly safe. Come over here and take a look at the valley below. All right. Ooh, please keep your arms around me, Chris. Looking down like this frightens me. There. You're safe in my uh, arms. Chris, why are you looking at me that way? What way, dear? I don't know. Is your head throbbing again? No, dear. Uh, I don't suppose you've changed your mind about giving me a divorce, have you? Giving you a divorce? But I thought we were so happy together. Yes, that's the impression I meant people to get. Chris, you can't be serious. Why, everything's been wonderful these past few weeks. Oh, I see it won't be any use trying to talk you into it. What do you mean? I'm sorry, Blanche. I don't want to do this, but you've given me no alternative. It's really your own fault uh, that you must die. Let, let, let go of me. Let, let, no, let, no, you no. struggling, darling. No one can see or hear you. And you can't possibly escape. You can't throw me off that ledge. Then I'll hang you. I don't think so, dear. Oh, We've been so happy these past few weeks. I'm sure the police will... See it as an unfortunate no. accident. Stop pushing me toward the edge. Chris, don't know. I'll give you a divorce. i give you anything. I'm Not afraid it's too no, late no, for no. that. Chris. Uh, good evening, Judy. Uh, may I come in? Why, yes, of course. How are you, Chris? Oh, I'm all right. I uh, want to thank you for the note you sent me uh, when Blanche died. I can't tell you how sorry I was to hear about it, Chris. Yes, it, it all happened so quickly. Mm. What have you been doing since then? Oh, just working. Trying to straighten myself out. Yes. Judy, perhaps I shouldn't talk about it now, seeing that Blanche has only been gone a month, but I've been thinking of leaving town. Will you come with me? Please sit down, Chris. You make me nervous walking back and forth like this. All right. You haven't answered my question. Well, it isn't easy to answer. Well, it would be if you said yes. Uh, I see in your eyes you mean No. Why? Chris, I've met someone else recently. Someone else? But you said if I were free, you'd marry me. I didn't say I'd marry you. I said if you were free, I'd like to see you again. But now I'm not even sure of that. You're so different from what you used to be. Stop being clever. If you didn't say you'd marry me, you, you implied as much. Please, Chris, you're, you're, you're making it so difficult for me. I'm making it difficult for you. And I suppose what I've been through doesn't count. I risked my life to get you. Risked your life? Chris, what are you saying? Are you such a fool as to believe that Blanche fell off that mountain? Chris, you didn't. Yes. And I did it because you said you'd marry me if I were free. Oh, no. I meant a divorce. But she wouldn't give me a divorce. It was the only way I could gain my freedom. And now you tell me there's someone else. Oh, Chris. I did it for you. And you're going to marry me. No, I won't. If I can't have you, no one else will. Chris, what's the matter with you? Chris! We were meant for each other, darling. In life and in death. Chris, if you come any closer, I'll scream for help. No, don't! Chris, don't! 
you won't marry me. You'll never marry anyone else. There. He'll never have you. Open up the door. I didn't want to do it, darling. But you forced me to. <gasps> oh, my head. It throbs so. Everything's like a nightmare. Open up in there. This is the police. The police? I've got to get away. <laughs> oh, they're closing in on me. There's no escape from this roof. Let's work our way down from this end of the roof to the other. They'll never take me alive. Never. I've got five bullets. Four for them and the last for myself. Maybe it's enough, Joe. Maybe you had me hand one of those chimneys. Oh, my head. It keeps throbbing so. If I could only think. All this can't be real. It's like a horrible dream. And they're coming for me. Wait. There's someone behind that chimney over there. Get on the cover. They'll never take me alive, never. I'll show them... Keep down, Mike. Why don't you come and get me? If I don't shoot it out with me, huh? I'll show you. Come on, Mike. He's kind of empty. You'll never take me alive. Never. He's climbing up on the ledge. It's 15 stories down. I'm coming, Judy. I'm coming. He's going to jump. I'm falling. Falling. You'll never take me. Never. I'm falling. Falling. Doctor, the patient's recovering consciousness. Yes, you're right. He's opening his eyes. Oh, my head. It drops so. Where am I? Oh, it was a dream. Not real. Oh, thank heaven. Now, you must be quiet. You've been in a serious accident. Accident? Yes. You were hit by an automobile New Year's morning. Uh, would you mind telling me your name? There weren't any identification papers in your clothing, and we'd like to inform your relatives of what's happened. My name? It's... It's... I can't remember my name. I see. Well, what about your address? Can you remember that? No. No, I can't remember anything. Now, you mustn't get excited. It'll all come back to you. You received a fractured skull from the accident. There was a mountain. Mountain? You, you mean you live near one? I... I don't know. There was a mountain. And the police were chasing me. And I... Jumped off a high building. It... It's all mixed up. You probably dreamed that uh, while you were unconscious. But you're all right now. Just need rest and quiet. Where am I? You're in the Park Hospital, Philadelphia. Philadelphia? What day is it? It's January 5th, 1947. It's 7.26 in the evening. And you don't know my name? No, all we have is your belt buckle with the initials uh, C.A. C.A.? Nurse, will you look after the patient now? I'll be in to see him later tonight. Yes, doctor. Are you comfortable? The initials C.A.? What do you suppose they stand for? Perhaps the C is for Charles. Charles? Charles. I don't know. 
Well, suppose I call you Charles, just for the time being. I always like the name Charles. All right. What's your name? I'm Miss Thompson, but you can call me Blanche. And Charles, let me be the first to wish you a happy 1947. Mysterious traveler again. Have you enjoyed our little trip? Oh, by the way, I want to wish you all a very happy new year. And I do hope you'll be careful about making new acquaintances. And perhaps you'd better keep an eye on the old ones, too. For after all, who can foretell the future? Not even Chris Andrews, or should I say Charles Arnold, knows what's in store for him. But we do, don't we? And uh, speaking of the future, I... Oh, you're getting off here. I'm sorry. But I'm sure we'll meet again. I take this same train every week at this same time. You've just heard The Mysterious Traveler. A series of dramas of the strange and terrifying. In tonight's cast were Maurice Toplin, Stuart Brody, Louise Fitch, Hester Sondergaard, and Mort Lawrence. Original music was played by Doc Whipple. The Mysterious Traveler is written and directed by Bob Arthur and David Cogan. Listen next week over most of these stations to a tale titled No Grave Can Hold Me. Another tale of The Mysterious Traveler. The Mysterious Traveler has been presented from our New York studios. Carl Caruso speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. From January 5th, 1947, that's New Year's Nightmare on The Mysterious Traveler. It appears that something wrong has happened in Somerville. The great Gildersleeve is spending New Year's Eve at home. Let's hear about it. The Kraft Foods Company presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. It's The Great Gildersleeve, starring Harold Perry, brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of parquet margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products. Christmas week. Christmas to New Year's. These are the times that try men's souls. All the things you rushed out and bought the day before Christmas come back to plague you the day after. I don't know how it's been at your house. You probably weren't foolish enough to buy the little darling a set of drums. But at our house, all week long, it's been nothing but... <laughs> now, Leroy. Now, my boy. Leroy. Leroy. I'm trying to do some figuring here. 
Could you possibly pursue your musical studies at some other time, my boy? Oh, gosh, what's the use of having drums? Why did you give them to me if you... Don't ask me why I gave them to you. I don't know. I must have been out of my head. I'm sorry, Leroy, if I seem a little impatient. But this is very difficult work I'm doing here. I'm trying to add up my accounts. So if you could find something else to do... Will you play me a game of electric football? There's your sister. Why don't you play something with her? Play with her? Oh, Auntie, if I ask you something, will you say yes, please? Will you please say yes? Well, now, wait a minute. I was nice about Christmas. I stayed home when you told me to. But this is different. New Year's Eve isn't like Christmas Eve, so please say I can do it. Please say yes. My dear, if you'd calm down and explain what it is you want me to say yes to... Oh, oh, well, it's really a very nice place. Everybody says it's very nice. It's not run by gangsters or anything. And it'd be a chance to wear my new lap and jacket and my silver slippers. They'd be just perfect. So can I, please? Leroy, do you know what your sister's talking about? Does anybody? <laughs> no, Uncle, don't be a tease. Say I can go. I'll just die if you don't. They have a band and favors and everything. And it's the grand opening, New Year's Eve. And I've never been anywhere New Year's Eve, so can I? I take it, my dear, that you're asking my permission to go out this evening. Oh, that's right. To the Blue Cockatoo. You know, it's out on Route 28. That the place that used to be Julius's Hofbrau? <laughs> the place they closed down last year? Oh, but it's, it's under all new management. It's lovely now. Everybody says so. They're opening tonight. And Marshall's got reservations. His father got them for him, so can I go? My dear, you know what I think of Marshall Bullard. Well, you don't have to go with him. <laughs> Please, Anki, it's Marshall's last evening at home. He has to go back to school tomorrow. Thank heaven for that, my dear. I wish they'd keep him there. Well, can I go or not? All right, go ahead. Pay no attention to what I think. I'm nobody. I just pay the bills around here, that's all. <laughs> You're a darling. Yes, yes. Leroy, did you hear that? He said I could go. Oh, I could change. Get out of now. Let's make her quit. What's the matter? She kissed me. What did I do? Still figuring, Uncle? Still figuring, Leroy. Gosh, haven't you got the answer yet? Almost, not quite. Certainly takes you long enough. This covers a whole year, my boy. Now let me alone or I'll never get it done. When you're finished, will you play me a game of electric football? We'll see. That's what you always say. Yes or no? No, by George, I won't. <laughs> I played electric football with you all day Christmas and every night this week. I'm sick of it. Now stop bothering me. Um. Yes? What can I do? Leroy, how can you ask that? Here you got all this stuff for Christmas. Go out and play with it. All I really want to play is electric football. Well, find somebody else then, but get out of here and stop bothering me. If I'm quiet, can I stay? If you're quiet. Oh, where was I? Oh, 51 and 3 is 54. And 2 56. Honk. And 7 is 63. <laughs> and 8 is 71. And 2 is 73. Honk. Just a second, Leroy. Oh, Uncle Mark, do you mind if I... Quiet! Can't you see Unc is busy? I'm sorry. <sighs> well, there it is. As of the close of business, December the 31st, 1945, flat broke. <laughs> how do I do it? No matter how much I earn or how much I spend, it's always the same. Oh, well, at least I'm 
holding my own. <laughs> you mean we're in trouble? Oh, no more than any other year. Are we poor, Uncle? Just comfortably poor, I'd say, Leroy. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yes, Bertie? About this evening. You'll be going out, I suppose, New Year's Eve. Well, I don't know. To tell the truth, I haven't really got around to making any plans, Bertie. I've been so busy, I sort of let it slide. You'll be staying in, then. Well, I haven't really made up my mind yet. I'll let you know. Well, Uncle Mort, if you're thinking of going out anywhere this evening, you'd better get busy. You may be right. Why, the blue cockatoo was sold out for New Year's Eve a week ago. If you think Christmas was bad... Oh, don't go anywhere, Uncle. You and I can have a swell time right here. Doing what? Playing electric football. We can have a... That settles it. I'm not going to spend New Year's Eve playing electric football. Hello. Leela? Rocky? What you doing tonight, Leela? New Year's Eve, you know. We ought to... Oh. Oh, you are, huh? That's too bad. Well, Happy New Year anyway. Hello, Eve? Throckmorton Gildersleeve. I was wondering if you had any plans for this evening. I thought we might just... Oh. That's too bad. Wish I'd called you sooner. Oh, Happy New Year, Eve. Hello, Miss Proudfoot? I don't know if you remember me, Miss Proudfoot, but this is Throckmorton Gildersleeve. I met you one time at Floyd Munson's. In the kitchen. <laughs> I was wondering how you'd like to go out this evening and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nuts. I mean, Happy New Year. <laughs> Hello, Judge. Guilty. Say, how would be if you and I got a couple of girls went out and painted the town a little? We could... Oh, yeah, they... Who is she? <laughs> Yourself. <laughs> now what am I going to do? Spend New Year's Eve alone? Hey, wait a minute. Mr. Gilsey, is that you? Yeah, here, Bertie. Grab some of these things. My goodness, where all have you been? Drugstore, delicatessen, every place. I'm going to have to ask you to help me here, Bertie. We've got to work fast. Uh, Marjorie left yet? No, sir. She's just getting ready upstairs. Yeah, that's good. Now, I'll tell you what I want you to do. You set the table nice and pretty, Bertie. Let's see. Uh, Marjorie, Marshall, Leroy, and me. Yeah, better set it for four. But I thought Miss Marjorie and her friend was going out to dinner. Now, don't ask questions, Bertie. Just do as I tell you, and quickly. Yes, sir. Got a lot of favors here. Paper hats and snappers and so on. You can decorate it with ease. Oop. That must be Marshall. Well, you get the idea, Bertie. You fix everything nice and pretty, huh? Yes, sir. I'll just close these double doors so they can't see into the dining room. We want it to be a surprise. Yeah, the young brat. Can't he keep his shirt on? Oh, Uncle Mort, is that Marshall? Don't you worry, my dear. I'll entertain him. You get down. I'll be right there. And I'll do be nice to him. Uh, just leave it to your Uncle Throckmorton. Yeah, the young twerp. Well, well, Marshall, come right in. Yes, indeed. Marjorie will be ready in a jiffy. Good evening, sir. Here, let me take your overcoat. Oh, don't bother. I'll just... That is an overcoat, isn't it? <laughs> let me hang it up for you. Oh, we'll be going right out. Oh, here's Marjorie now. Hello, Marshall. Say, you look wonderful. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, very pretty, my dear. Very pretty. Uh, 
So you young people were going out this evening, eh? Why, Uncle Mark, you know we were. Well, it's pretty cold out. Pretty nasty. I just came in myself. You couldn't drag me out again, no, sir. Oh, we don't care how cold it gets, do we, Marshal? No, we'll keep warm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You were planning on going to some nightclub, were you? Uh, yes, sir, we have... Well, I a... told you, Uncle Mort. Marshall has reservations for the blue cockatoo. The blue... Oh, yeah, so you did, so you did. Ever been to a nightclub on New Year's Eve before, either of you? Well, no, sir. This is the first time... That horrible? I... Just horrible. Crowded, noisy, services bad, people falling all over each other. Oh, we don't care, do we, Marshall? No, sir, I don't know a worse place in the world than a nightclub on New Year's Eve. Now, I was just wondering if we couldn't all have more fun if we stayed right here at home. Uncle Moore! Now, wait a minute. I've got a surprise for you. You haven't seen the way I've got the dining room fixed up. All right, Bertie, you can open the doors if you're ready. There. How do you like that? You see? Paper hats, confetti, noisemakers, everything. Look. <laughs> Some fun, eh? What do you say, Marshal? Well, it looks swell, Mr. Gildersleeve, but... What do you think, Marjorie? I think it's a dirty trick. Marjorie? You told me we could go out, and now you pull this on us. My dear, it's entirely up to you. Far be it for me to put any pressure on you. Nothing could be further from my mind. If you want to go out, go ahead. You want to leave us here, Leroy and me, on New Year's Eve alone? With all these little tokens that we tried so hard to please you with? Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll try to understand. What do you think, Marge? Oh, Anki, I wish you could come with us and be in on the fun. Yeah, it's too bad the reservation is only for two. No, my dear, run along and have your fun. Don't mind me. All I ask is at midnight when the band plays All Lang Syne, give a thought to your old uncle, because he'll be thinking of you. Oh, Anki, happy new year. Happy new year, my dear. Uh, happy new year, Marge. <laughs> happy new year, sir. Well, shall we go, Marge? Bye, Anki. Bye. Well, Bertie, they're gone Yes, sir, guess it didn't work What's that? Oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, I guess not Uh, Mr. Gilsey, you don't mind if I go out later after I finish the dishes? No, go ahead, Bertie Everybody else is going, you might as well go too But, Mr. Gilsey, how about you? How you going to see the new year in? I shall probably play a game of electric football, Bertie For all Lang Syne <laughs> Let's get back to the great Gildersleeve as he drags himself through the dying hours of the old year. It's after supper now, but the situation appears unchanged. Come to me, my Leroy! I need to learn the lyrics. My boy, for the rest of 1945, please, no drums. But there's nothing else to do. Then go to bed. It's almost time anyway. On New Year's Eve? I thought I could stay up till 12. Well, we've got to think of your health, you know. I'm healthy. What if I should just happen to wake up at 12 o'clock? Well, then you may celebrate a little. Oh, boy, what can I do? You can say Happy New Year and then go back to bed. <laughs> 
That is all. Now go to bed. Oh, what is it, Bertie? I'm going out now, if you don't mind. Not at all. Have a good time. Happy New Year. Thank you, Miss Gilfee. Same to you. The house is all locked up front and back, so you don't have to do anything. Well, that's good. Well, good night, Miss Gilfee. Good night, Bertie. Um, wait a minute. Where are you going? To a party. Kind of a combination dance and frolic. Well, sounds like a good combination. <laughs> sure is. Combined so good last New Year's, one man didn't come home for three days. <laughs> Well, you don't say. Yes, sir. Well, good night, Mr. Gilsey. Young people, old people, every kind of people there, I suppose? Yes, sir. Cradle to the grave. Young folks with jitterbug, I expect, and middle-aged folks. Well, guess they'll jitterbug, too. The old folks get a waltz every two hours. <laughs> Bye, George. I better be going. I don't want to miss anything. No, I guess not. Well, good night. Good night, Miss Gilsey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Bertie. <laughs> Bertie has more fun than I do. Yes, sir, a lot more fun. I'd like to be going to a dance tonight myself. Say, I wonder what my secretary is doing tonight. I don't like the idea of going out with her, but just this once might not do any harm. I could call up and say, Bessie. Oh, no, I remember now. Out of town for Wednesday. Oh, well. Oh, doorbell. Well. I wonder who this could be. Leela, maybe. Eve. Peavy. Now, Mr. Gillespie. <laughs> Happy New Year. Well, the same to you, old man, and many up. Come on in and have a Coke. Oh, I can't stay, I'm afraid. I, I just dropped by to bring you this little 1946 calendar with compliments to the pharmacy. A calendar? Well, just what I needed, too. Well, at least come in for a second while I look at it. Well, if you insist. Say, what a beautiful calendar. The alchemist. Yeah, those are the fellows that used to try to make gold out of lead. Never got anywhere with it, not that I ever heard. No, but they were the scientists of their day. Look at them. Standing there with his test tubes and his crucibles. Fine pictures. Yeah, I think it makes up into a nice little calendar. Uh, for the family trade, that is. Oh, perfect. The calendar man tried to sell me a picture of a girl with black silk stockings. Oh, well, that wouldn't do for your customers, people. That's what I say. Too bad, though. <laughs> Peavy, you're an old rascal. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Picture never hurt anybody. You uh, all alone this evening? Yes, Peavy. I decided I didn't feel like whooping and hollering this New Year's Eve. Decided to spend a quiet evening at home for a change. Is that a fact? Yes, sir. Stay at home with a good book. That's the way to spend New Year's Eve. Uh, that's one way. <laughs> Or with a friend, of course. Now, why don't you sit down here with me and take it easy? The fact is, I've got to be getting home to Mr. Peavy. Well, sure, but there's no hurry, is there? <laughs> Nobody but a bachelor could say that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I've got to be running along. Wait, Peavy. What are you doing to celebrate New Year's, you and Mrs. Peavy? Well, she's like you. She likes to spend the evening quietly. Perfect. Bring her over here and we'll all celebrate it together. Well, I don't think... Nonsense, Peavy. I've got some paper hats and some nice new horns. We can all drink a few Cokes or something. Huh? How about it? Sounds noisy. All right, forget the horns then. We'll be as quiet as mice. We'll celebrate the quietest New Year's Eve in history. Mr. Gillespie, I hesitate to say this, but you're talking like a darn fool. What do you mean? Well, if I were you, I wouldn't sit here with a Coke and a paper hat. I'd go out somewhere and make whoopee. 
Well, why don't you? Well, Mrs. Peavy is against it. But you're a free agent. Go get yourself a girl, man. Go out and see the town. <laughs> don't think I haven't tried, Peavy. Tried every girl I know. Well, in that case, you might as well go to bed right now. <laughs> Good night, Mr. Gillespie, and Happy New Year. <laughs> Looks like I'm stuck. New Year's Eve and not a friend that'll have a cup of kindness with me. Not a friend in the whole world. That's how I'm winding up 1945. Alone. I could be dying and who'd know it. It'll probably be just the same when I am dying. Nobody around to say a kind word. Nobody to soothe my fevered brow. Gildersleeve, let him die. Sure, let him die like a dog. Gosh, I wonder if I've got a temperature right now. Uh, mustn't get ideas like that. Can't just sit here moping, though. Try the radio, maybe, and hear a little news. Can't believe it. Always thought I was popular. Been living in a fool's paradise, I guess. People just can't stand my personality. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're just about ready with the first of our series of transcontinental New Year's Eve celebrations. Here we are in Times Square, New York City. And when I say that Times Square is teeming with humanity, I don't want you to think I'm merely coining a phrase. Mm. Must be almost midnight back there. I asked one of the traffic cops how big the crowd was, and his guess was 200,000. Oh, looks more like a million to me. What a dope. A million people couldn't get in Times Square. Anyway, it's just a few seconds before midnight, and all these thousands of faces are looking up toward the big clock. They're waiting for the end of 1945. And here it is! What a way to celebrate. Childish. Yes, sir, 1945 is all over in Manhattan, and New York is giving 1946 a big hello. I'll try to get a typical citizen here to tell you how he feels about it. I beg your pardon, sir, but how do you like 1946 so far? Lousy. Are you talking to me, boss? Yes, sir. Would you like to tell our listeners how you like 1946 so far? Best little old year I ever had so far. I see. And the young lady with you. Oh, boy, I wish you could see her, folks. How does she feel about it? How do you feel, honey? Feels well when I'm with you, honey. How can they put that kind of drivel on the air? (laughs) Well... Happy New Year, Throckmorton. Oh, it's you, is it, Judge? What happened to your date? Well, I'd rather not speak of it, if you don't mind. But if you're busy... Not particularly. Come on in. Thank you. Throw your hat and coat any place. Come on in and have a Coke. Very kind of you, old man. What about your girl? Didn't she show up? Oh, certainly she showed up. I took her to the gold room at the Hotel Summerfield. Well, it's still pretty early. I'd rather not discuss it, Gilly. Well, suit yourself. (laughs) I'll hear all about it tomorrow from whoever was at the gold room. Dag nabbit, I'm afraid you will. I suppose I might as well tell you what happened so you get the straight of it. Sure, go ahead, Jack. Well, I had a table at this place, and the young woman and myself were having a pleasant time, chatting and so on, till a sailor appeared. (laughs) She uh, seemed to be acquainted with him. Yes? The sailor asked her to dance. So, not wishing to quarrel with the armed forces, 
I made no protest. Yes, I see. However, after the fifth dance, I felt that I'd done my duty. <laughs> I remarked to the young woman, I thought it was my turn. And? She slapped my face and walked out with the sailor. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I might expect a little sympathy. Oh, I'm sympathetic, Judge. Believe me, I am only... <laughs> Fine friend, I must say. I'm sorry, Horace. Honestly, I'm sorry, but that's women for you. Come on, sit down and forget it. I certainly like to, but I'm afraid I'll hear plenty about it tomorrow. Anybody mentions it to me, Judge, I'll punch him right in the nose. Here, have a drink. Thanks, Gildy. Uh, certainly glad you came by, old man. I've been sitting here feeling sorry for myself. Sitting here alone all evening. I'd begun to think maybe there was something the matter with me. Something wrong with my personality. By George, I don't know why you should think there's anything wrong with your personality, old man. You've got plenty of it. Oh, you really think so? I do, sincerely. Good old Horace. Here's to you, old man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, sir. When Leela Ransom, a girl I've been engaged to, mind you, when she thinks so little of me, she won't even save me New Year's Eve. Well, makes a fellow wonder, that's all. Oh, don't be silly. Why, Leela thinks more of you in two minutes than she does about any other man in ten years. You're a he-man. Strong, masculine personality. <laughs> and yet you know how to handle women. Yeah, guess you're right. <laughs> Guess Leela was just standing me up tonight to make me jealous. Yeah. May I fill up your glass? No, not yet. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Throckmorton, having that girl walk out on me tonight was a bit of a blow to my ego. Quite a blow. I had the feeling that she found me attractive. She laughed at the little things that I said about the menu. She laughed when I showed her that stunt, you know, with the spoon and the salt cellar. <laughs> I thought that we were getting on splendidly. Do you suppose I seemed old to her? Oh, no, <laughs> Believe me, any woman would guess you weren't a day over 55. Well, I'm only 62. You certainly don't show it. I mean, you look lots younger, Horace. Yes, sir. The way you carry yourself. The spring in your step. The sparkle in your eye. I've seen women look at you when they walk down the street, Judge. You have, you little... Recently? Plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> Women. They need us more than we need them. Have another Coke, Judge. <laughs> well, I'm certainly glad you dropped in, Horace. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, the old tack factory. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot the paper hat. <laughs> For goodness sake, a regular party. Here, Judge, you take the red hat. I look better in green. Don't You certainly look funny. You ought to see yourself, Horace. Look like a tomato. <laughs> Here, blow a horn. Blow two if you've got the wind. Good old acquaintance be forgot and, and never brought to mind. Happy New Year! Leroy, get back in bed. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! We'll take, take a, a cup, cup of kindness yet. yet. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Treasury has asked us to announce that the sale of savings bonds will be continued now that the war is over. This means that those of us who have been participating in payroll savings plans can go right on laying up a nest egg for the future, at the same time helping to control runaway prices. You can still get F and G bonds as well as the E bonds, which most people bought during the war. The return is still at the same high rate, $4 at maturity, for every three that you invest. Might be a good New Year's resolution to buy U.S. Treasury savings bonds regularly. Good night and a happy New Year. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. It is written by John Wheaton and Sam Moore. The music is by Jack Meacham. This is John Lang speaking for the Kraft Foods Company and inviting you to listen in again next week for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old-time radio. I hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan thanking you for listening.